Thank you for tuning into the Debbie Devotional Podcast, a monthly show focusing on Debbie prospects, strategies, and incoming rookies. Now here's your host. Welcome back to the Debbie Devotional. I'm your host, Dynasty Coach A. As always, I'm joined by Aaron Wilcox86 and at Deshane's underscore. On tonight's episode, we will be talking about some of the top Debbie QBs, some campus to Canton strategy, and some risers and fallers. But first, let's bring in the boys. How's it going, guys? It's going well. Going well. How are you doing, uh, John? How are you doing, Deshane's? I'm doing well. Good to be here. It's been a while. Let's talk some day. It's been been a very long time. Uh, we you know we definitely appreciate Aaron kind of taking over for us for a little bit and, and covering some of the the rookie or not the rookie but the Debbie running backs of the twenty two and the twenty three class. Um, meanwhile, I was busy in my workshop, uh, you know, building Debbie Beth and and working on stuff of my own. It's kind of crazy this year. You know, last year I was just kind of hosting and. And we're having fun this year. I might actually have like a little bit of uh, two cents to, to add in. Uh, we'll see. We'll see if it actually matters or not. But Duchesne's and Aaron are still definitely the experts. And so we want to go ahead and dive in to these Debbie QBs. Um, you know, obviously you guys are just just did a, a C2C draft, a Debbie draft. And, and I saw just by following along how important those Debbie QBs can be. And so I, I just, you know, we want to get them right whether they're incoming freshmen or whether they're juniors going into being seniors. Uh, but let's go ahead and start with uh, Duchesne's. Let's go ahead and start with your 10th ranked QB. And we'll work our way up to number one. If we all agree, if not, then we'll, we'll cover like 12. <laughs> so from a Debbie aspect, ass point, we're looking at like guys that are going to make it to the NFL as far as Debbie wise, like C2C, we're looking at guys that, We'll do both. So, I, and you might have a guy that won't make have NFL promise in that top ten. So, sticking with just Debbie, um, my guy's a smaller guy. It's a Malik Willis at tenth um, out of Liberty. It's a guy that could be a dual threat. He could be a huge riser this year. So, it's just somebody you want to keep your eye on. And I, he could be higher on some boards, but I, I'm just going to leave him at ten just to round that out. Oh, I, I love that one. And I actually, he didn't quite make my top 10, though. I, I definitely think he could work his way into that. He's actually at 11 for me to Shane's. But I mean, I love Malik Willis as well. So like, we're so close uh, with that one. So that's nice to see. But I mean, he's got a lot of arm talent. It's kind of like all fastball right now, you know, not a lot of change up, not a lot of finesse to his game. But I mean, Malik, Malik Willis as a rusher alone, is just me special. Um, so that big time mobility, that Konami code potentially, um, it's going to intrigue NFL teams. And he had a really nice season. He was originally an Auburn guy, and now he transferred out to Liberty and had a good 2020 season. So, yeah, I'm really excited for him. Yeah, apparently I'm the Malik Will stand because I have him at nine. So, I mean, I'm just <laughs> way over all you guys. Well, well you're well, way too you're, high. You're hyping yeah. him up way too much. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, but yeah, I mean, obviously, like I'm looking at you guys are kind of looking more for like the film uh, side of it. I, I'm looking more from the analytics side of it. So it's nice to see that it kind of matches up there, at least, you know, fairly close. Um, and I definitely like uh, Willis and, and he's a 22 QB, right? Or is he a 23? Yep. He, he's draft el- eligible in 22. So yeah, it's really nice. I mean, he so, could yeah, be like this year's Lance where he just flies up boards. It's totally possible, I think. Absolutely. Definitely. All right, Aaron, who you have at nine? So I actually, so I'll start with my 10, and Carson Strong is who I have um, out of Nevada. And honestly, Carson Strong is a guy I probably could watch even more of. Um, I'm trusting a lot of other people in the community. Um, he's a 6'4", 215-pound quarterback who's he's got this really strong arm, and he's got solid accuracy as well. He's not really a mobile guy, so, I mean, he is going to be a pocket QB for the most part. Um, but he's had a really nice... Um, production profile at least um this past season and i expect that to continue this season as well so i have strong and at number 10 and he actually went in the first round of the c2c startup that deshanes and i are doing right now and that's crazy hype for him but i've never seen him that high but he is my number 10 quarterback 
So I'll just stick with Strong for a second because I got him at nine. Agree with a lot of stuff. I think that he'll just—he's a guy that I could see making the NFL top couple rounds. Um, he could rise up draft boards as we go along, but a guy that I'm a little lukewarm on. So I have him in there at nine just to say I'm in on him. But yeah, definitely not the QB four that he was in our our campus to Canton draft. Yeah, it seemed like he uh, maybe you had a fan in that draft because it definitely seemed like he went pretty early, especially with you know who was still on the board. Um, I, I guess the biggest thing for me, I guess, would be uh, competition-wise uh, for Strong. Uh, but you, like you said, he he has accuracy. He he seems to have a lot of like good things in his profile, but the competition levels, and then you know, for me, I always look at, like adjusted yards per attempt. You know, kind of looking at like how how far down the field are they throwing it and like that kind of thing. And, and he doesn't necessarily uh, like pop there, although obviously he could get better. So I, I kind of have him around that. I think I'm a little bit lower. I have him at 13. So a uh, little bit lower than you guys on that one, but it's, it's once again, it's not that far off. Absolutely. So we're still at nine. So what do you got at nine, Aaron? Yeah. So after Carson strong, I actually have Keaton Slovis, uh, USC uh, 2022 quarterback and I've seen this guy all over. Like some analysts love him. Some analysts are leaving him for dead. Um, he really did not play as well in 2020. He had kind of a down season after stepping up big time as a freshman in 2019. So kind of a guy where we're not sure, you know, which version are we actually getting, um, especially coming into this season. He was a little bit banged up last year, so that may have had something to do with his down year. But, I mean, I like a lot of his skills. I just don't know if he's elite in any areas. So. To be honest, I don't know where to put him exactly. I am comfortable with here with him in this like eight to ten range, um, and I, I'm intrigued to see what you think of him, Deshaynes. Correct me if I'm wrong, but did you select him in our C to C draft? I, I got him in the third round, which I thought was pretty good. Um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. QB eight, which is right where I have him. I, uh, no, I have him a little higher. Anyways, I got my QB8 in the C2C draft. Um, Slovis is a guy, I've got him at three, four, five. I got him at seven. Um, he's There's just something about USC hype that their QBs get so hyped up, sort of like what happened with Darnold. It's like he was anointed and then no one ever questioned it because he kind of looked the part. I've, Slovis is a guy that I'm kind of in on just because I feel like he's – I'm really – sure he's going to be a first round pick and probably even top 10 which then i can just trade for whatever i want so he's not even a guy that i really love on film or on stats i think he'll be okay but i just think that the hype will always be there with slovis yeah i hope that's the case that's for sure i've seen some kind of scathing reviews about him like there was an article i don't know it was an anonymous scout so i never know if you can really trust that kind of article but they were saying like how bad he is in like all these different areas. I'm like, oh, geez, maybe I need to take another look at him. So like I said, he's kind of a, a guy a lot of people are split on. Yeah, I, I'm, I have him at 11. So it's kind of in that like 9, 10, 11 range, like all, all about the same. So I, I don't think it's uh, anything that I'd be like overly excited about, but definitely somebody that, you know, is worth rostering. Um, for who do you got for eight, Duchesne's? I got uh, JT Daniels out of Georgia. Um, super high ceiling. This might be something that we might be split on here where he, I have him a little lower at eight. It's just, the, there's, there's a big group of guys here that really could be going any order. I expect it to, to figure itself out as the year goes on besides my top three or four, maybe top five, the, the, the top five and the bottom five are pretty, pretty, pretty big tiers for me. So I got JT Daniels, big ceiling. Um, just a guy that I'm excited to watch play this year. I, I can't believe you're so high on him. I, I also have him at, at QB8, actually. <laughs> um, no, no, he's he's a solid quarterback, but he's another guy where he's not going to offer a lot in the rushing game, so you need him to really hit as a passer. You need him yeah. to be really refined and effective, and I honestly think that he can be that. You know, Georgia, he, he was a USC guy who transferred to Georgia. He kind of took over this year. He really um, showed up towards the tail end of the season when he was healthy enough to start um, for them. So I honestly am really excited to see him this year. He lost his number one target, George Pickens, but I mean, there's, there's talent there. It's a really deep wide receiver core at Georgia. And I honestly like JT Daniels. If you're playing in a C2C league or, or college fantasy football league, I mean, 
He's not going to offer big time stats for you. He might throw for, you know, a good amount of yards, but he's not racking up rushing yards, rushing TDs. Um, so that's just something to keep in mind in drafts. But as far as NFL potential, I've seen sources cite him as, you know, a probable first round pick in the 2022 class. Yeah. So you, you always love um, to hear that early in the process. So um, I, I also am pretty high on him at uh, QB8. So it seems like we're on the same page there, Deshane's. Love to see it. Yeah, the only thing with uh, Daniels, I guess you could really say, is he just doesn't have a lot of experience. You know, he, he's three years in, and he probably has, like, what, 300 attempts or something like that? I mean, it's it's definitely not not a lot. So I just wonder if, if that's going to kind of uh, be difficult for teams or, uh, you know, to really, like – but we've also seen them draft Trey Lance at, at three overall, so I guess it wouldn't be that crazy. You know, yeah. They like to take uh, take leaps. But, I mean, he definitely has. I mean, he, it looks like he has accuracy. Um, it, it looks like he has a lot of the things that I'm looking for. It's just all kind of in, like, a small sample. I think he's a very pro-style quarterback, so I think teams would, are going to like him. Um, yep. I think we're at seven, which I already said was Slovis, so why don't you take this yeah. one? Yeah, I have Mackerel as my number seven quarterback. Oh, DeShane's, you like that? I see a little reaction there. It's um, a good segue. It's a good segue, but continue. Oh, great. Well, I know what's coming. Um, so he is, he is a strong-arm quarterback uh, for Ole Miss, and honestly, he was slinging the ball all over the season. The only reason he's not like a, um, a guy who's in the same conversation as maybe even like a Sam Howell, someone like that, is just due to the fact that, well, he broke out this, pe- this previous year. And then also he's had a couple of games where he just blew up. He threw for like five interceptions or something in a game. He did that a couple of times. I think there were two blow up games this season where he just kind of imploded and like was making some bad decisions, had some bad luck. And honestly, besides that, I mean, the guy really was uh, very productive. So he's going to be a great target for campus to cabin leagues, but also for Debbie leagues. I mean, I could easily see this guy being a first round pick, if not like a top 15 pick. Uh, because he offers nice mobility as well. So a lot of the things that the NFL is looking for these days. And I mean, I don't know if he's he's super mistake prone. I haven't watched, you know, every game by any means that he's played, but he flashes a lot of the traits that NFL teams are always, you know, they're convinced that they can fix these guys as far as maybe it's mechanics, maybe it's decision making. So I see a lot of positive things about Corral. Um, it seems like you were excited about him, Deshane's. Uh, no, no, no. Let's like just, to... no, no, no. Let's just no, move no. on to number six. So at number six, yeah. I've got um, Matt Corral out of uh, Ole Miss. Um, I think <laughs> no, I, I, right, it's another right. guy that I like a lot. I just have him one spot high. I, um, I think he has a nice little Russian floor. He ran for a couple hundred yards, I think like four or 500 yards the last year. He's also had great targets to throw to. So um, I forget who is top target this year is he's in my queue and i'm actually on the clock right now so maybe i'll go oh grab boy him. a live pick <laughs> you, you going like braylon sanders you go on bark uh mingo yeah it's mingo's, mingo's mingo's the guy i'm eyeing right now but i was waiting for my coney omega to maybe take mm. the reins here we don't have a tight end and he, i'm actually looking he's saying fuck it tight ends i love it Pump that <laughs> shit so yeah we might be taking mingo corral's uh number one in target this year but uh yeah that's a guy that i really like and i got him at six i think honestly and like i think that uh duchene's just way too high on him i have him at seven six is just <laughs> fucking insane <laughs> this is crazy we're we're really in tune we didn't talk about this at all before no <laughs> no we have not exchanged opinions we haven't you know yeah expressed our ranks at all so this is this is cool <laughs> Um, no, although I, I do feel like I do feel like my number six will not be on your top twelve or top ten. So I, <laughs> oh, no. I think I drafted him though. You did yeah. draft him. <laughs> I, I think so. Um, but my number six here is is Jaden Daniels out of Arizona State. So another Daniels. Um, but so Jaden, he he's a kid who we haven't seen a ton out of him so far. But what we do see is some really nice mobility. Um, he's got some arm talent. I think the biggest um, gripe that people have right now is the fact that he's kind of smaller, but I have seen that he's he's firmly in the 190s now as far as his weights. And he's six foot three, so he can continue you know bulking up that frame. 
And honestly, I mean, I just love a lot of the traits about him. And as a freshman, he impressed. I mean, I think it was 17 touchdowns to two interceptions as a freshman. Like, it's a really um, solid start. And he has that, that rushing ability again. So I really love his his arm talent. I love his speed, his quickness, decision-making. So, I mean, he could be a little bit similar to Kyler Murray, less dynamic. But, I mean, that same type of player. Um, again, I'm not expecting him to be Kyler Murray by any means, but um, just a little bit less um, explosive version of that, potentially. I've got him at 11, just right outside the top 10, but a guy that I could easily see flying up the boards with his skill set. I'm a little sour on him probably for beating Oregon. Um, I am a fan. I try not to let it uh, affect my analysis, but uh, maybe that's what's giving me a little sore spot. I don't want to see him prove it again. (laughs) I got got him at 11. No, that's fair. I'm I'm interested to see if John has him pretty high in, in your model. I mean, I thought I heard that. I do actually. I, I have them even higher than you guys, and I kind of hate it <laughs> because <laughs> I, I, uh, you know, he doesn't have the greatest accuracy. Um, he he seems to be pretty safe with the ball, which is definitely something that the model like looks for. They don't you don't want to see like a Daniel Jones uh, type like quarterback or anything like that. Um, and so, but it loves it also loves the athleticism that he's bringing, and so I think that's why you know it. My model is specifically for fantasy points. It's not necessarily even for who's going to be the best in the NFL or anything like that. It's it's for fantasy points. And so that's why I think it really likes Daniels there and it has him at four. Right. He's got a lot of fantasy upside, that's for sure. Even if, like you said, his completion percentage, those accuracy, um, things that indicate accuracy aren't the best, definitely has got that upside. So that yep, was my... I, I definitely agree. Okay. Um, that was my what was that number six for me? So number five for you, Deshaines. What do you what do you have there? Oh, sorry, opening up a yeah. app that I don't want to have open. I got um I got Bryce Young out of Alabama. Great prospect. Um, haven't really seen much yet, but should be a should be a dude. All right, I I like it. I mean, I actually have him even a bit higher. Um, I, I will cover my number five guy here. Um, well, I actually might as well just talk a little bit about Bryce Young since we're on the topic, right? I have Bryce Young at number four. And what I've seen in a lot of C2C drafts, a lot of Debbie drafts, is that he has been going as the consensus number four. Um, that's become more and more solidified this offseason. And maybe it's because he's a bit smaller than some of the other top quarterbacks. Um, he's smaller than all of Sam Howell, Spencer Rattler, DJU. Um, but at the same time, Bryce Young is also a great prospect and he offers that mobility, that same stuff that Jaden Daniels has. Um, but he's going to be playing at Alabama. So big powerhouse, uh, you, you feel like he's set up to succeed. That's for sure. Um, with that young, that young group of weapons that they have great offensive line every year, et cetera, et cetera. So I like Bryce Young a good amount, but I don't have him in that top tier. Um, I have number four, but I don't have him in that top tier with, the top three guys actually. Um, I have like slight tear break, um, just a little separation. Like I, yeah, um, I've got yeah. my top three, and then I got my four, five, and then my bottom five, pretty much. Gotcha. And I do want to bring up my number five guy now, since um, I skipped up to number four and Bryce Young. And my number five is Caleb Williams, um, oh, wow. Oklahoma quarterback. So let me let me explain that a little bit, um, just because I think maybe that's a bold take. Though he's been going in the top four rounds consistently of, of C2C drafts, and he's risen significantly in the last couple of months because we saw him step in right away in the spring game and look like a star. Like he is, um, he's going to be the predecessor, or sorry, the, um, <laughs> the uh, successor to Spencer Rattler at Oklahoma. So Spencer Rattler is projected to go to the 2022 draft, and then we got Caleb Williams coming in like a top um, – top 10 overall prospect in his entire draft class. He's at least 6'1", 210 pounds. So he's like got that NFL ready body. And honestly, he looked amazing in the spring game. He was running for all sorts of first downs. He was making some really tough throws, um, showcasing arm strength thrown across the field. And honestly, we just know how Oklahoma quarterbacks um, project to the NFL. It's great. It's Baker Mayfield. It's Kyler Murray. It's Jalen Hurts. Now it's Spencer Rattler. 
we know what Lincoln Riley does each year. I know having Williams this high might feel uncomfortable for some people, but there's a reason that DJ Youngalele out of Clemson is a lot of people's quarterback one this year. Like you waited one year and then he ascends to like this star level as far as how he's being drafted at least. So I'm anticipating the same thing happening for Caleb Williams next year. So um, sorry for that kind of lengthy like de- <laughs> uh, defense of him or, or explanation for why I have him so high, but um, I'm honestly pretty comfortable with having him as QB five. Right so and Devi, that definitely makes sense. I can uh, kind of get behind it. And the C to C, you took him as your quarterback. You punted quarterback in this. It seems pretty heavily. Uh, you have a freshman quarterback in Caleb Williams, and then you just took one uh, Thompson Robinson out of UCLA. Yep, and uh, we can get into a little bit of strategy yeah. talk later. But I mean, I just see it as there's so much depth at the collegiate position, or yeah, yeah. The QB position. So. Might as well lock up a guy who I believe is going to be elite. I have to wait a few years to actually, well, one year pretty much. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I was willing to do that. Okay. Sure. Um, I don't have him in my top ten yet, but um, he's absolutely right there. I just I went with these other guys just, I don't know, because I wanted to. Fuck it, I don't know. Caleb Williams is a So, did you want to say your five, Joan? Uh, yeah, actually, you know, I had Bryce Young at five as well. Uh, okay. You know, a lot was a lot very similar. You know, we haven't seen a lot just yet, but it, you you kind of see good things. Um, and I've actually been getting into the high school stats and things. And with I don't have obviously I don't have anything for Caleb Williams in college, but from high school, um, the only thing that's really kind of uh, a, a little worrisome is his completion rate was pretty bad. And um, just from like, you might say, oh, well, that's in high school, who cares, whatever. But like, I've actually gone and I've done a pretty good amount of research with Katie Flower from UTH going into these uh, high school uh, QB stats. And we've actually found that like these QBs stay pretty similar to their high school stats through college, through the NFL. Not to say it's perfect, uh, not to say that you know no one can get better or anything like that, but they stay pretty close to what they were in high school. And he had like a fifty-five percent completion rate in high school, so that'd be my my main concern, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I I may be overconfident in, in what Lincoln Riley can do as as the QB whisperer, but honestly, I mean, he transformed Jalen Hurts, a run-first quarterback, into you know a Heisman candidate and and now going to be an NFL starter. Um, even though he wasn't drafted in the first round. So um, I think Caleb Williams can be at least that for sure. Yeah, and you guys right. obviously know a lot more about the coaches and, and the schemes and, and what all can what can happen there. So I'm definitely not arguing it. I'm just saying I, I have seen some some uh, like statistical evidence in the past that shows that you know like if they're not that great in high school, it's kind of tough for them to, to be great uh, beyond that. But um, after five, did you guys go into four? I think Aaron yep. did, right? Yep, so I had Bryce Young at four there. Um, how about you, Deshaines? Um, I actually had a bit of a typo, so we're just going to go <laughs> with it. Um, <laughs> I would probably have Bryce Young at four and uh, here, oh. but whatever. I got C.J. Stroud, Ohio State, at four or five, however you want to put it. Um, I just, <laughs> you know, Ohio State quarterbacks, they're never good, but, yeah, I loved uh, – uh, be your big fields guy that's for sure <laughs> yeah what's his name <laughs> justin fields i'm the biggest justin oh, fields guy. guy yeah <laughs> Dwayne uh, Haskins? we should see yeah Dwayne Haskins. i was huge <laughs> on doing that no, I, uh, this guy was the number two quarterback coming out of high school a four-star guy pushing five stars should be a dual threat um i seem very similar to bryce young just a different program so just have him back to back yeah that's totally fair. I mean, it sounds like CJ Stroud's actually won that job, basically. And I think that's really um, something I need to reflect on in my rankings. Like, he might be in that top 10 now, now that he has that job locked down. And the very, very talented incoming freshman, um, McCord, Kyle McCord, or uh, that's his name, right? Um, but yeah, so this incoming freshman was like vying for the job. Doesn't sound like Kyle McCord won the job. At Ohio State, so he might actually transfer out. Who knows what will eventually happen? But yeah, Stroud, like you said, he's he's got some nice mobility to him, and he's going to be in a great program with some great wide receivers. So yeah, I mean, I they're expecting it. we're expecting like two or three 
oh, first round Ohio State wide receivers this year. So someone's got to throw them the ball, man. <laughs> right, right. They're they're definitely turning into wide receiver you because I mean they got Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, Fleming. Jackson Smith and Jigba. They got some other top Mecca Uker or however um, you would correctly pronounce his name. But yeah, they, they got five star after five star. It's ridiculous. Um, so I, I don't mind it. I have him at 12 right now, but he's probably going to move up um, a couple spots for me. So, yeah. Like we it, did so. skip over my my controversial uh, QB six, but I'll go ahead and talk about him here. And uh, it, I don't even know if it's it like honestly in the Debbie community like how well known he is or anything like that. But it's Brendan Lewis. Um, now Duchesne's is is trusting Debbie Beth, which is the, the name of the, my model uh, because he actually drafted him in his uh, CDC league. So I was I was pretty proud of that. <laughs> so uh, the reason oh go ahead. Well, the difference I think the difference is. He might not be known in Debbie, but I was also okay taking him in C to C because I'll be able to get points for him in college, which right. I expect and him I, to be good in college. I definitely see that that difference, but you know, once again, we don't have a very big sample size. In fact, we have a half a game uh, in college sample size, so it's one of the smallest that you can really have. Uh, but that's where going back to the high school stats, kind of, uh, you know, he does kind of stand out in high school. He didn't have the best completion percentage, but he had 62 percent. Uh, he had 263 passing yards per game, 37 passing touchdowns, only three interceptions in high school. Um, and then he, he averaged 78 rushing yards per game in high school. So, I mean, the dude is a stud, an athletic stud. Obviously, I have no idea if that will truly uh, translate over to college and then eventually the NFL. But we already kind of saw, I was talking with Aaron about a month or so ago, and, and I said, man, this Brennan Lewis guy is really standing out to me. And he said, well, you know, it'll just be kind of if he actually gets the starting job. And now it looks like he has it, right? Yeah, and you're going to beat up on Pac-12 defenses. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, that might not guarantee anything in the NFL, but once again, for CDC especially. But I think think he will at least get a shot, whether it's a third-round pick or something in the NFL. In the NFL, just based off of what he's done, and even in that half a game in college, he looked pretty damn good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, though so, I mean, I was really happy to get that input. There, that was a, maybe a couple months ago in a previous C to C startup that I was doing, and yeah, like you said, John, I I reached out to you and said, "What do you think about Brendan Lewis?" And I mean, you looked into it and you saw those very promising things. I just think that he's a little bit too much of a projection right now to have um, as a top guy, just because. First of all, it's Colorado, and he didn't really have, you know, big-time offers. It's not like he was a great recruit. So until we actually see him um, break out big-time at the collegiate level, I, I have to put him a little bit lower. Um, but, I mean, I can definitely see the appeal of him as far as his rushing ability and all that. Um, looks like he'll be the starter. So, yeah, I, I do like Brendan Lewis. I, I did snag him late in that other draft. So um, he's kind of an intriguing sleeper, I'd say. Yeah, it's tough because I feel like you you want to be like ahead of the game with these uh, incoming freshmen or like young uh, quarterbacks that didn't have a shot last year or whatever it may be, uh, like uh, DJ Uangalele. You know, like he hasn't really done very much, but everyone kind of has him you know at the top or near the top, and you know you're kind of projecting with all these guys. So I would almost rather be too high on him than not high enough, I guess. No, that's how I am with a lot of stuff. Like I, like I have Rondell Moore as my wide receiver twenty one. He's been high as fuck for me forever because the the thing is, I get him now, and he either rises up to there or I missed on a rookie wide receiver. Like that happens to us every year. So like, <laughs> right? I got. I feel good. that. So, uh, did you go over your four, Aaron? Uh, yeah, I think so we're on the three. Talk about your three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can talk about it. Sam Howell a little bit. UNC quarterback, and isn't that? that top tier firmly. Um, I'm not going to go into too much depth as far as the things I like out of him. I mean, he's just shown up consistently since he's been a starter in college. And I mean, he's a good decision maker. He has enough of um, that arm strength that you like. He's got good accuracy. He's got good enough size. Honestly. I mean, he's, he's a good quarterback. I have some concerns like he underthrows some balls. Um, it's better than I guess, consistently overthrowing guys, but at the same time, um, as long as he checks off that arm strength box, I think he'll be fine. And and he seems to for me. So I just I just don't want to see those underthrows, I guess. But anyways, I think that he can get outside the pocket and, and be a mobile quarterback too. So 
I think he's firmly number three, but um, I'm not ready to put him up as like one or two yet or anything. Yeah, I have him at three also. Um, it's more, it's more that I think that he's a top five pick next year. I don't really. He's very good. I, I don't. I just don't love him. Maybe it's just that the rushing upside isn't there or something. Maybe I don't know. I don't know what it is exactly, but like. What do you think it is? Do you think it's it's him or UNC, something in the water, the scheming? Because, I mean, they had two stud-ass running backs, two pretty damn good wide receivers. Is it all – is it mostly Howell running that? Is it the anti-Mac Jones argument, I guess? See, I think that Howell actually really boosted up at least like a um, – not Diami as much. I think Diami is pretty good. Yeah, um, but maybe Daz knew some maybe – um, those running backs definitely benefited from, you know, a good passing attack. Yeah. So I think it all kind of meshes together. It, it's very hard to, like, differentiate, you know, what what is the driver of, of the success there? Is it all Sam Howell? Is it all the scheme? Um, I think it's the – the answer to that is probably a bit of everything. So okay. I, think yeah. he's, I think he's really good. I don't have a strong take as far as um, if it's the scheme, if it's him. But I think it's a little bit of everything. I mean, I think he I think, could be the top the number one overall pick next year. I think yeah. likely the Lions, even though everyone thinks the Texans, Texans. And it's not because I think he's deserving as the number one guy. It's just I think that he screw up and take the wrong guy. But <laughs> I think he's a <laughs> well, fine. Obviously, like it's kind of the it's kind of the cop out answer. But I feel like this year will be very telling for him. You know, on and what exactly he will be. But I I am right there with you. I feel like he could easily be the one hundred and one mm-hmm. in the NFL draft this upcoming season. But I will say, just from like the analytics uh, side of you or point of view, it like he he had a very good look or like very good start in his freshman year, and then he really blew up last year. So I mean, if he puts it all together this year and even gets better, then I would I would easily move him up to to number one. I actually have him at two. I'm a little bit higher on him than uh, than I think your your number one or your number two is, but. Uh, I mean, it's not like you're getting pretty close. I'm kind of with you guys where you kind of have a top three. Uh, so, like, I'm not really going to, like, truly argue with you uh, on, you know, the other two. But I really feel like with how, like like I said, this year could be really telling and it could he could really take that next step or, like, a giant leap even. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep, I definitely agree. Losing all those weapons, like you said, it's going to be very telling. Yep. So who do you have at two Duchesne's? I've got... DJU, DJ Ugalele. Um, he could be one. I would have no quarrels with it. Uh, having to sit an extra year might be what's downgrading him a little. And we haven't really seen him play. We've only seen the one game against uh, Notre Dame, I think. But he's got all the tools. He's got the size. He can move around. He's at Clemson. I mean, there's really nothing to not like about him. I mean, we're talking about number two Debbie quarterback. So what do you add it to, Aaron? Yeah, so I actually have Spencer Rattler, Oklahoma, at two, and I have DJU at one. And I get it; it's a bit of a projection, um, but we have to we have to stay consistent with um, when we're evaluating guys. It's going to be a projection as far yeah. as these underclassmen. So I mean, he's going into his sophomore year, and he showed us nothing last year in those limited games: Boston College game, Notre Dame game. He showed us nothing to indicate that he's not the real deal. I mean. Last year, five touchdowns, zero interceptions. Um, the guy was – he was very good within that offense. And he was the num- number one quarterback recruit. Um, he's got that prototypical NFL size, 6'5", 245. He's got all the arm talent in the world and the mobility component. Um, I love everything that I've seen out of him from his high school to his um, limited flashes as a freshman. So I think he's going to seamlessly – um, make that transition into the offense that has a lot of talented wide receivers too. So I'm, this isn't necessarily a knock on Spencer Rattler as much as I just have a lot of faith that DJU can take that step up, but I have them very close. That's for sure. The, the other thing I, I worry about with Rattler is his size just a little bit. Uh, you know, with our, we've seen teams be a little cautious when it comes to you know, the six foot, uh, six, I think he's six one, like yeah. 200 or whatever he is. Uh, so I'm not saying like they would completely ignore him or anything like that, but he might drop down just a little bit because of it. And, uh, you know, then Hal has a little bit more of that, like, uh, size that they're they're looking for the typical uh, size, like six, three, two 30, whatever he is. 
So I, that'd be my only concern, really. But, I mean, I have Rattler right up there at three. So, I mean, it's not, like, you know, nothing too crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll just knock out my my one is Spencer Rattler swapped with Ugalele at two. Um, and I was able to get him at five in that Campus to Canton draft. I was uh, yeah, that was static. nice. I was, I was jumping for joy. Um, but if I'm going to be completely honest, I'm not, like – while these are my one or my two, it's not the same as, as Fields or T-Law were as my one or two, where I I might, I would prefer a Bijan Robinson or a Brees Hall to these quarterbacks. I, I don't think they're that, that good. Whereas T-Law and Fields were the top prospects in their class coming in. Like they weren't just the best right. quarterback. They were, they were, you, these were the dudes. So like they're my top quarterbacks, but they're definitely much closer to the field of all the position players as uh, last year's class was. Yeah, yeah I that's see that. to- totally fair. And I mean, I don't have a ton to add on Spencer Rattler either. He's got a lot of the strengths that you are looking for in a pro style quarterback nowadays. Um, he was the number one recruit out of high school. And I mean, he showed promising flashes this year, but he also was benched at one point um, this season. It was, it was strange. I don't know exactly all the decisions that went into that, but it wasn't necessarily because of injury uh, based on what I'm aware of. So I, I don't foresee him getting benched by any means this season, but it's a little concerning and the size thing that John mentioned too. And I don't know if there's any, um, any reason to doubt his like attitude or anything, but I think I've heard that thrown around but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna use that as a reason because I don't know if that's valid or not. I don't think he had a very good year. We, he, I don't think he had the year we were expecting out of Rattler, and I think he will this year. I think we see him really blow up and maybe be more consensus one, but if not one B two or whatever. But um, yeah, he has some mobility. He's not like a dual threat, but he has he has the ability to move around. He's got arm talent. He's in the best offense for a quarterback. Uh, but yeah, I do, I definitely think like we didn't see a very good year out of Rattler. Yeah, and, and then with uh, DJ Uangaleli, I think we kind of already touched on everything. He's just a young, exciting prospect that uh, you know we're kind of projecting at that point. But I feel like just about everyone, uh, you know, even even me, <laughs> has him right up there in the top three. And uh, but let's go ahead and and dive into some of your C two C campus to Canton draft and uh, what you guys were were hoping to do, and then what you uh, inevitably did uh, for strategy wise. Uh, so I was hoping to get NFL promise players early because in campus to Canton, it's not like Debbie and Debbie. You're hoping. You, you, these guys are going to be on the taxi until they get on your team. Whereas in campus, they can't, you can get points. So you can get guys that will never see the NFL playing field, but they can do very well. So, cause they're getting you points. So I was trying to wait on the guys that are going to not be, maybe not going to be high prospects coming out because those are going to dry up. But at the same time, you're kind of, you could be screwing yourself by, you know, getting these guys that never end up making it anyways. So, I mean, I was, like I said, I was able to get Rattler at five because someone went Jameer Gibbs and two other running backs went. I don't see anything wrong going to John Robinson and Brees Hall before Rattler. But once Rattler was there at five, I like him way more than Howell or Spiller or Tank Bigsby. I mean, so I was, I was fine taking Rattler. And uh, after that, I was trying to get some – position players but it seems Aaron took the opposite approach as far as quarterback and position players <laughs> yeah well I, I mean I did take a guy that I have as a top five um c2c and Debbie asset in my eyes Caleb Williams but yeah I didn't didn't go after quarterback right away but I would actually say that I I tried to go the same strategy as you as far as trying to find guys who I believe are going to be NFL caliber so there were multiple things multiple trends um, that you'd notice from my draft, you know, as far as running backs, all of them were 190 plus pounds. All of them were four stars or five star recruits. All of them are power five guys as far as in the early rounds. So all of those factors are very um, analytically driven as far as trying to predict who's going to get that NFL draft capital, who is going to be a, a big time hit. Um, so definitely caring a little bit less about the college production, but definitely looking to see um, some NFL upside. So I, I do kind of share that. Um, did you have something to add? With yeah, that so I, I, 
I, we're going to get to a wide receiver episode, I, I'm sure, soon. But you took the first wide receiver off the board in Kayshawn Boot or Boutte, um, and you took him over Bryce Young. So it seems like you were really targeting a position player over quarterback. Um, so, so I did. I traded Dallard from the pick that was Bryce Young. So what I did was I traded oh, okay. down there, and then I, I landed another second-round pick um, so I could load up on guys – Hopefully, okay. getting more 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 early round dart throws as far as um, NFL guys. So that All that's right. what happened there. This grid yeah. view made it look like you took him at like 108 or something. So oh right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can understand yeah, that. That grid, so, no, that I, grid can be confusing because it was like <laughs> skipping over people, and I'm like, what is going on here? But uh, yeah, yeah I, I don't like the way that that looks. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. Otherwise, I mean, I totally agree with you as far as C to C. Um, there is that points component, but really, when I'm looking at the drafts there. I mean, I still want to get the NFL studs early. So essentially, there's always going to be top scorers and um, college breakouts production-wise throughout the entire C2C draft. Mm -hmm. But then guys with good NFL shots, they're only available in the early rounds. So if you really want to take high-probability NFL producers that will eventually end up on your NFL squad, um, you have to get them in the early rounds. They're just such a dart throw in those late rounds. so I, I think that's a big edge that you can get on your opponents. We saw in our league, a lot of people were taking um, just collegiate producers from small schools, things like that. And yeah. I know I know production is important as far as the NFL wants guys who, who may be produced um, to a certain degree. But then you start looking at, you know, small time prospects. It's like, yeah, I don't know if they really have NFL futures. So mm-hmm. that's why I'm prioritizing that NFL studs early and, and often, even in C2C, uh, but especially in Debbie drafts as well. Once we got m- more into the middle rounds when it was kind of drying up, I kind of straddled the fence. And instead of switching from NFL promise to college points, I started just taking really high recruits that hadn't produced or have been injured so like i got a lot of five star top five prospects that haven't done anything that i'm hoping maybe come back so like i got trey sanders alabama Jaden hazelwood like pairing them up that that uh, oklahoma stack with rattler uh theo <laughs> weiss also a top five guy i just got brew mccoy who was the top uh, top oh i got my dogs barking <laughs> but yeah brew mccoy who's been back and forth the uh, Texas and USC, he was a top athlete coming out. I got him in the 14th round because he hasn't really done much yet. So I'm just, I'm kind of putting my faith in other people's scouting and uh, (laughs) hopefully that comes to fruition. Yeah. And yeah, I I definitely like your strategy that you're doing there. I'm trying to mix in that as well. I, you know, I'm taking some top recruits and then also some guys who I, I believe will have some strong production and an NFL future. So I haven't even taken a pick yet that's purely just a college guy that I don't think has an NFL future. All of um, mine still in the 14th round have been targeting guys that I think that have that NFL upside for sure. I feel like a lot of people have been taking college producers. So that's why it's been hard for me to like to get in on it. But we still have De'Aaron King who's still there. Like that's somebody that should get you some college points. Um, but I mean, yeah, Calvin Turner from Hawaii went. Cam, uh, Cameron Peoples from Appalachian State just went. I was looking at him to maybe <laughs> get somebody that can give me some college points. But I feel like I feel like these guys, they're, they're going to have to produce if they are going to be NFL products. So, like, I'm just taking the shot on the high-ranking guys, the high, highly sc- scouted guy players. I wanted to ask you guys <laughs> if um... – you considered your NFL squad, the NFL side of your, of your team uh, at all when you were drafting these players, because uh, I was doing the uh, like charity pod for you guys last night. And I was looking over the teams and some of the teams were pretty close. I mean, obviously it was an auction draft. It was, it was a startup this year. So not really, not enough teams have really like differentiated just yet. Uh, Felt like there was a lot of teams that were pretty close. But as I was looking through some of the teams and their Debbie drafts or the the C to C side, I was like, wait a second, like there's some good prospects coming in. Like one of the teams had like David Bell and maybe like Max Borgie or something like that coming in. And, uh, you know, he needed a running back and a wide receiver. And it's like all of a sudden your team is, is looking a hell of a lot better, you know, just after one year. So did that did that matter at all to you or were you just really looking for the best prospects? 
I didn't pay it mind whatsoever. I was trying to build the best teams. As as they say, like this is these are startup drafts. That's what they are. They're you're starting up. You can kind of build to your team later, but I think you, you just in the startup, you gotta get the value and you gotta take the best players and then because then you'll be able to trade for the players you need. Sure. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree as far as picking best player available. Once you start really veering from that too much and forcing wide receiver position, whatever, you, you get into trouble. But I will add that teams who drafted, I wouldn't say poorly, but they didn't draft QB heavy on the NFL side. You got to really start looking at, okay, <laughs> I got to hit on the college quarterbacks because yeah. my NFL quarterbacks are not set up. Um, so I think teams with that approach definitely should – I don't know. I haven't really checked within the league to see if guys are actually executing that strategy, those who have weaker QB rooms. But I think that is the one case um, where our listeners should kind of think about, okay, do I have a good quarterback room on the NFL side or not? And then maybe draft accordingly. Uh, Something that I've done very consistently is punt tight end and not give a fuck. I don't have a tight (laughs) end yet. I'm on round 16. Tight ends are just some guys that I just don't, once the good guys were gone, like the top guys, I just I was there were other guys like I do in, in like I do in the NFL set. If yeah. I'll, I'll take my shot on the position player and then just trade. I, like I don't want to use decent capital on a tight end that hasn't proven anything. Like I'll pay up. I'll pay up with my guys that my flyers that hit, and I'll just pay up and get a stud tight end because I feel like that 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 position is just so hard to to get. Right. It's, it's very hard to project who's going to hit because even, you know, one or two years into the NFL, we don't know if that tight ends a hit. Sometimes takes their exactly. third year. What? Yeah. So um, I like that point that you made. And only reason I grabbed a tight end um, just the other round. So in the teens was just because I think he's going to be a top three college producer this season and also uh, potentially a, a high draft pick. But we'll see. I'm, I'm a little bit bullish on Greg, Greg Dulcich out of UCLA. Oh, you're the bastard that took him. That would be me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So uh, obviously got some insight there into the C2C draft and uh, and the differing strategies that went into it. Uh, But before we get out of here, did we have any, uh, did you guys have any risers and fallers uh, that you really wanted to talk about uh, before we uh, got out of here? As far as quarterback? Yeah, I mean, any, anyone that's really, really taken a big jump or, or fallen off for you uh, this year or, or last year. Okay. Um, a couple couple risers, I guess, I have had, and not necessarily that they've done anything, just I've watched more film, I have listened to more guys, read more articles. Um, Tyler Buchner or Buckner, um, Notre Dame, I think he's a quarterback that I just have to keep moving up. Um I don't know if you've looked into his college stats at all yet, John, but the guy had 81 yeah. total touchdowns his junior season of, of high school, 81 touchdowns. Wow. And he's, he's a true dual threat guy. He might not look like it, but I mean, he's an improviser and he's got a nice arm. So I could see him being the Notre Dame quarterback next season. I actually have him at, uh, at QB 17 right now. So I, I guess I have wow. him as a riser as well. <laughs> yeah. He's, he moved all the way up to my QB 13. He was in the twenties initially and now he's 13 so i mean i think that definitely counts as a riser and then maybe like phil jerkovic um boston college i think he has a um he's kind of a dark horse to maybe sneak into the first or um, second day of the nfl draft this this next year and then maybe like a grayson mccall out of coastal carolina or or a dorian thompson robinson who you know he he could rise in that chip kelly led uh, ucla team he he's improved each year so I think that he's kind of a deep sleeper who I just selected um, in, in our draft. Yeah, I, w- I agree with the Coastal Carolina. Um, maybe Tualia Tagovailoa rose a bit. Um, I don't know if he's been sort of stagnant there in the middle, but uh, a faller is Brock Purdy. He fell pretty hard from last year. He was like a he was talked about as being one of the top guys, and that, he, he fell hard, I think, last year. Mm. 
Yeah, yeah actually, definitely. I, I just realized that we, I guess we really didn't discuss uh, Grayson McCall earlier. Um, I must have completely missed that because I actually, once again, maybe another controversial one, but I have him as a top 10 uh, QB uh, right now. It's a so, little hot, but I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I mean, he balls out, dude. <laughs> He's great for campus, yeah. I think, uh, and he should get drafted. And that'll yeah. be, you know, one, the Debbie, the Debbie model is definitely like a work in progress. It's not perfect. And I, that might be one of the things that I have to work on is like how reliable are, you know, or like how, how much can I rely on these stats to uh, project, uh, to project them into the NFL, you know, like, yeah, I mean, is it just good for C to C or is it going to be like, these guys are going to make it in the NFL? <laughs> that's something you have to determine. Is this going to be a model that determines college success or something that determines right. draft capital? And, NFL and, and my, my NFL model does a great job of that. The problem is, is that I don't have as much to go off of with some of these guys, especially the freshmen and the sophomores that, you know, haven't played yet. And so I kind of had to dumb it down. And when I did that, then it takes away some of that like accuracy as far as like projecting will they be good in the NFL? But it, it but now it's almost better for will they be good in college? You know, <laughs> just when you said McCall, I was like, man, I actually have him as the top in, in the top ten. So that definitely, I, he's definitely a riser for me. <laughs> he, he's worthy of that. And as far as fallers, I mean, I don't have too many that I'm just uh, that are plummeting down my ranks by any means, but. Uh, Brock Vandegrift, uh, Georgia quarterback. I'm, I'm not very high on af- after watching him. He just doesn't really pass the eye test for me. doesn't seem like he's a super nuanced player, but I, c- I could be wrong there. And he won't start this year, so he's very unlikely to you know, spike in value with um, early production. But, I mean, maybe he will end up starting for Georgia in the future. So he's a guy I'm kind of lukewarm on at this point. I like it. You got anybody else to shins? Or are you ready to get out of here? Now I'm ready to get out of here before I put my foot in my mouth and say something stupid. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I, I feel like we uh, covered, you know, the QBs pretty well. We actually went over, you know, quite a few here. Uh, but uh, like, like I said, if you have not listened to Aaron's solo pods, go back and listen with all the 22 running backs and the 23 running backs as well. He's planning on doing the 24 running backs as well in another solo pod, but we will also be covering the running backs, um, you know, as, as a group here uh, pretty soon. But I think next we'll go ahead and get into the wide receivers uh, since we really haven't given them any love uh, lately. It's been quite a while. We did take a little bit of a break, but we're all busy. Aaron's officially a, a doctor of physical therapy now, so congratulations to him. And uh, and Duchesne's is, is just Duchesne's. I mean, he's just f- fading that life. Appreciate you guys listening, and we will be back next month hopefully with some uh, Devi wide receivers for you guys. Until then, follow me at Dynasty Coach A, follow Duchesne's at Duchesne's underscore, and Aaron at Aaron Wilcox 86 and we will catch you guys next time.